For God so loved the world that he gave the gift of his only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have eternal life. God, as we step into this Advent season, we celebrate the gift. Jesus coming into the world, there was a night. There was a particular night when a child was born. And that child is the Son of God. And we celebrate that and we look to you, Lord God, as we consider that in the rest of our service today, we open our hearts to you and ask that you'd pour your truth into us in a way that would allow us to live this Advent season declaring your majesty and your glory. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, we are keeping the children in the service today. Um, Teacher Sally actually has tested positive and is in quarantine, and so um, we're praying for her. She'll be back in a few days. But um, also, we're going to be showing a video today, and so we thought it would be best if the kids were here to be able to see this, and then as families, you can go home and talk about that a little bit as well. So this idea of the thrill of hope, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. And when we think about that, we can naturally stop and think about our, our own situation. 2020 is a, is a year where we've, we've realized what it means to be part of a weary world, haven't we? And uh, even as we consider that, though, we need to realize and understand that almost from the beginning, the world has been weary. Now, it wasn't created that way. The world was created by God as a place for his creation to be with him, mankind, to be with him, to walk with him in the garden in the cool of the day, to have relationship with him, to, to experience what it was like, what it could be like, what it is like to walk with God. But sin came into the world. The fruit was taken, and all of a sudden, in just a moment, the world became weary. The world became dark, and the world became filled with sin, and the world became defiled by sin, and it became a weary world. And it's been a weary world ever since that first choice was made. And what we've needed and what we need is this thrill of hope, a thrill of hope. And so as we look at what that means for us, we're thinking about the truth that, that there is a hope fulfilled. And that hope fulfilled is found in a fulfilled promise. The birth of Jesus brings rejoicing in a fulfilled promise. There is a promise that has been fulfilled. It's the promise that was made because in that garden, the promise was made that the seed of Eve would defeat Satan. And this baby is that seed of Eve, of Eve the one who was promised. 
Now, it's interesting as we look at the Christmas account and and we look in Scripture to see what that is. And in so many places, we see there's only four chapters, just a few verses. And most of those verses really don't speak very much to the actual birth of Christ. They speak more about what was happening at the time of Christ, at the time of his birth. But the actual account of what exactly happened at his birth is basically covered in just a few verses. And I'd like to say, let's, let's look at those today. And we're starting in Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, <clears throat> do, not, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that has been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying God, praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as it had been told to them. Now what's remarkable about this is as we look at this account and, and we see the account of the birth of Jesus, we see that really, of course, God is the star of the story, Jesus. But we see the shepherds have a prominent role in the account. And I want to suggest to you that the shepherds are the most likely to be told. The shepherds are the most likely to be told. Remember, what we're experiencing when we think about the birth of Christ is we're experiencing the fulfillment of prophecy. There's prophecy that is being fulfilled in this. The coming Messiah, the king, the priest, the the prophet, he is coming. The son of David is coming, and he's coming with healing in his wings. And it's appropriate that he would go to the shepherds, especially these shepherds. You see, these shepherds were part of the shepherds who watched their flocks by Migdal Eider. Now, Migdal Eider translates into the English as the Tower of the Flock. And this was a, uh, a place that was loca- located between Bethlehem and Jerusalem. And it was a special place. The religious rules of the days would have, would have required that all sheep would be kept out in the wilderness with the exception of one flock, the flock that was kept by the Tower of the Flock, Migdalider. This was a special flock. This was a flock of sheep that were watched year-round by a group of shepherds, and they were the sheep that were set aside for sacrifice 
They were the sheep that would be watched over. And they would be the sheep that would be sacrificed for the sin of people. So these shepherds were every day watching over sheep that they knew would be slaughtered so that sin could be covered and, and, and washed over. Remember that in Scripture it tells us without the shedding of blood there can be no remission of sin. Blood must be shed. So these shepherds would have spent every day looking at the price that sin needs to pay. Sacrifice and death. These shepherds, special shepherds, would have also been banned by the Pharisees because of the role that they played. And so these were men who, who lived a weary life. It was a hard life. Life was hard at this point in time anyway. To be living at that point in time was to live under the oppression of the Roman government, to live under the oppression of rules that, that weren't generally agreed with. It was to live in poverty for the most part. It was to, to live in a place where rules were constantly be out, out there for you to follow. Even the religious order of the day had so many more rules than grace, it was really hard to even be in a place where you could be acceptable to God. And in the midst of that were these shepherds, who in many ways were even lower than the other people in the culture. It's appropriate, I believe, for the angels to come to these shepherds for him to appear because it was fulfilling prophecy that he would come and declare and proclaim to the shepherds that the good shepherd had been born. Now, so much of what we know has unfolded for us in, in the New Testament, but we look back now and we can see that this is the promised shepherd, the one who would shepherd the flock of Israel for God. He was also the one who would be the spotless lamb who would take away the sins of the world. And so as he came to these particular shepherds, the, the proclamation of the angels was ripe with meaning. This really happened. You understand that, right? Sometimes we can distance ourselves from Scripture. It can be hard for us to realize that we're talking about real people here. There were really shepherds that were really watching sheep. And they were really in their fields at night. And an angel really came and declared that the Son of God would really be born that night. The Chosen series, I don't know how many of you have watched that, but they have a Christmas, a Christmas version episode. I'd like for us to watch that because in everything that's been going on around us, I think we've lost sight of fact just maybe a little that this is real. So let's watch it.
lovely day today, isn't it? too little to be among the clans of Judah. From you shall come forth for me, one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient days. Therefore, he shall give them up unto the time when she who is in labor has given birth, and he shall be their peace. A reading from the scroll of the prophet Micah. This one's good. Thank you. Thank you. Teacher, I have a question about the Messiah. I've studied Torah every day. A and shepherd wants to learn. Yes. Do you believe the Messiah will set us free from the occupation? Yes. He will make a great military leader. Are you sure? Just because... Last Shabbat, the priest read from Prophet Ezekiel, and he did not say... How dare you? I'm sorry, teacher. He is obsessed. He brought this animal? I said spotless. Spotless? Yes. These are for righteous men. For the perfect sacrifice. Very sorry. Very sorry. Very sorry. You wonder why the Messiah hasn't come? People like you keeping him away with your stains. If you come back here without a perfect lamb, I will banish you all from the marketplace. Now, come, come. I warned you about this. Are you deaf as well as lame? I'm sorry. We are not slowing down for you. You take this front back up to the hill and try and keep up. Or find your own way back.
The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divided the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of you his oppressor, you want to listen? No, this is a holy place. Please, you are fifty. Go. For every boot of Get the trapping warrior in battle tumult, and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. Strengthen the weak hands. Excuse me, friend. Could you point me to a well in this town? My wife hasn't had a drink in hours. The other end of the square. Thank you, brother. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Here. Oh, thank you for your kindness. How far have you come? From Galilee, Nazareth. Don't say that too loud here. You know, they say, uh, Nothing good can come from I know what they say about Nazareth. Don't worry, I won't tell anyone. Secret safe with me. Thank you for your kindness. My name is Simon. Out of my way. We must go. Pharisee is so cheap, when he writes his will, he names himself as the heir. <laughs> <laughs> and then he still doesn't get much. No. <laughs> Finally, he's back! Hello, uh, Simon. <coughs> Stay with the sheep. He is useless. Why do you keep him around? He's a good boy. Nah, yeah. You want some dinner? Finally. Aaron made dinner tonight, so <laughs> nothing is cooked. Oh, yes. <laughs> the food is fine. It's my grandmother's recipe, so leave it alone. Yeah, then that is why your grandfather left. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, 
again and again. They take whatever they want. Oh, I wish that woman wouldn't have left the well. No, she was, she was very, very beautiful. Pretty, very pretty. Mm. Can I have my dinner now? Not with us. No. Your plate is over there. After what happened this morning, you sleep with the sheep tonight. And pay attention this time. And watch out for wolves. Watch out for the Pharisee. He might come after you. Mm -hmm. A Roman took another sheep yesterday. Simon, they're talking about the Romans again. But they put it right in front of me. You're, you're lucky. You're lucky you're not part of this conversation. But Romans, again and again. Let's talk about something else.
and shall call his name Emmanuel. shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. To establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. 
You! I told you not to come back here. So where is it? Have you found a spotless lamb for sacrifice? Obviously, there's poetic license taken there. But these were real people. This truly was a weary world. And they lived in a world where they had hopes and dreams and, and they, they had relationships and, and they wondered and they waited and they had anticipation that this Messiah would come, but it had been so long and for... 400 years God had not spoken through a prophet. Would he come? Would he, would he appear? Would he come as a, a victorious warrior? These shepherds that the angel spoke to were real people. But as we light the candle of hope and we think of what the hope is that, that Jesus brings into the world, we, we need to stop and realize and consider. In that video that talked about hope so many times, I, I hope we, we hope for small things. I hope that COVID will be healed. I hope that we won't have to wear masks. I hope that we'll be able to have normal Christmas. I hope, who cares? All the things we hope for in this world are temporary things that are part of a world that is weary. And we can hope for more weariness, but, but it's weary. The hope that Jesus brings is hope eternal. It's, it's, it's the hope of the kingdom of God coming to dwell with us. Emmanuel, Jesus came and made his dwelling among us. And then he died for our sins and he went into heaven and he, and he rose again and went into heaven and is at the right hand of God the Father waiting for God to say now and then he will come back and he will take us to be with him where he is. And that is our hope that we will be taken from this weary world and brought into the kingdom of light that he has made it possible for us to be part of. The thrill of hope that we have. The shepherds, of course, were the ones who were told. And as we look at that, next slide, Candy, this isn't working. What we see is the shepherds were in awe. The shepherds were in awe, and, and we can imagine that. All of a sudden, the sky is filled, and it's bright, and the light is shining, and they're overcome with awe. When have you been awed by God? Maybe... Maybe if we had the opportunity to kneel down at the manger and to hold the baby in our arms. And you've held newborn babies, maybe. And it's like, oh my word, I can't even breathe. 
Maybe, maybe then we'd be in awe that God would choose to come in this way. But, but listen, if you know Jesus as your Savior, he is in your life. Are you awed by that? I think the other thing we see in the shepherds is that they, they adored Jesus. They didn't come in acknowledgement. They came in adoration. And for us to be awed by God, we have to do much more than acknowledge him. And as we step into the Christmas season, and it's so easy because of the distractions of this defiled world, this weary world, to overtake us and overcome us, we can lose the sense of awe of who Jesus is because we acknowledge him as opposed to adore him. So what are the steps that you need to do to bring adoration of God into your life? Are there any ways in which you've just been simply acknowledging him and missing out on, on the awe of who he is? And finally, we see that the shepherds rejoice. They rejoice. I love the scene in there, and, and we don't know, right? We, we read and we imagine so much, of what we, so much of what we celebrate at Christmas time or just us filling in the gaps and, and placing ourselves into the story. And, and, and in many ways, that's what God calls us to, and it's okay. But, but to realize that this was set at a point in time where did one of the shepherds come out and embrace a Roman soldier? I mean... Because only Jesus makes something like that possible. Only Jesus breaks down the walls between enemies and allows us to see each person as a person who needs to know the truth. That Jesus has come into the world and made it possible for, for people to live in the kingdom of light. And they rejoiced at what they were told. They rejoiced at what they saw. And they proclaimed it. They went out from that place. Could you imagine? Listen, when you have an encounter with that, like, like that with Jesus, all you want is for everyone to know about that encounter that you've had. And you look to proclaim that. And you look to proclaim that to anyone, even that person in your life that maybe is real difficult. Even that person in your life who maybe brings rules that you don't like. And so that picture of, of, of the shepherd telling the Roman soldier, and, and you notice that most of the people that, that were told seem disinterested, and maybe you find that to be true in your life as well. But don't stop. Don't stop telling people. Don't stop telling yourself how amazing and miraculous it is that God, the star of his story, the God, the star of history, has chosen to come and make himself known to us. Emmanuel, God with us. And listen, he came as a baby. In our flesh, it is impossible for us to please God. And so God put our flesh on himself and lived the life we couldn't live so he could die the death that was necessary as the perfect and spotless sacrifice to pay the penalty for our sin. Apart from that, we have no hope. All we have is the hope that this will get more comfortable 
And I don't know about you, but I long to experience what he's created me to experience. I want to hope in that which he has promised. I want to hope in that which Jesus came to earth to make it possible for us to embrace. So what? So what? As, as, we, as we go into this week, how will an awe of the promise fulfilled cause us to rejoice this week? What if, what if we lived as though what we believed was true? What if we lived each moment as if what we believed was really true? Now listen, I, I know as I look around at each one of you, and if I could see you online, I realize most of you do believe this is true. But listen, we get distracted from this. And what if this took front and center in our mind? Do, do you try to, I know I try to do that. How do we encourage each other in that? How can we have, how can we move from acknowledgement to adoration to awe that causes us to rejoice in the hope that we have in Christ Jesus? And how does that allow us to fill this world with his joy flowing through us as we live in hope. Oh, Lord God, we thank you for Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for, for this video. And, Lord, we understand and know there's, it's, it's a, but it lets us remember that you really came to earth. You really did. It's not just something obscure. It's, it's truth. It's fact. And it shapes us because we believe. Because of your grace in our life. Lord, I pray that you would, this Christmas season, help us to be distracted in awe of you. Help us to adore you. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Christ the Lord. It's in your name that we pray this, Lord Jesus. Amen. May I please ask you to stand and hear God's good word for you. It's a word of hope. It comes from Romans chapter 15. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and all peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Amen. Amen. Oh, God bless you. I love you. Have a great Advent season and head out there into a week of work, witness, and worship. God bless.